Chapter 11. Who is your biggest fan? Hashem's faith in you is not based on your track record. The Medrash Rabbah says, Ela lekecha Yisrael, leho yutzarech lechaloisan, Ela afilu ba'oisa isha, leizaz mechibasan, Lava lehen anane kovid, vleipasku mehen hamon vehabe'er. When we proclaimed that the Egel, the golden calf, is our God, shouldn't we have been annihilated? And yet even then, Hashem did not stop loving us or caring for us one bit. He continued to shelter us with heavenly clouds, and He fed us with heavenly food, the mun, and He gave us fresh water streaming from a rock. Pretty cool. Hashem is the ultimate investor who keeps investing in you every day. David HaMalach says, B'tach Hashem, trust in God, and do good. When analyzing the Pasuk, it seems that the statement is out of order. Shouldn't it say, 1. Do good, and then say, 2. Trust in Hashem? Do good, and then you can trust in Hashem. For only after a person does at least some kind of good, does he deserve to trust in Hashem's protection and mercy. Only after depositing funds into your bank account can you start writing checks. The Nesiva Shalom says, A person could think, if there's nothing good about me, and I have not done anything good yet, why exactly should Hashem take care of me and protect me? The Ramban answers with amazing words, Listen to the touch of these words. The order of the Pasuk is coming to teach us a lesson that even before you do any mitzvahs and you know in your heart that you are a Russia, you have nothing good about you, Still, betach Hashem, you could still trust that the all-merciful God will surely have mercy on you. As it says, He has mercy on all His creations. All means all. The righteous good ones, and yes, even the wicked evil ones as well. Hashem has mercy on all His creations, even you even a sinner, even someone who doesn't have anything good and is a complete total Russia, still betach Hashem even before va'asetayv, because you can rely on Hashem even before you did anything to deserve it. Authentic Yiddishkeit clearly believes that no matter how low you sink, Hashem will always be on your side providing for you. Believe it or not, there is actually nothing did you hear that? Yes, I said nothing that you can possibly ever do to make Hashem stop rooting for you. And therefore, you can always put your full trust in Him. He's on your side. Why should He help you? Because He wants to. <laughs> you see, originally we were going to charge $100 for this book, but we knew that you wouldn't think it's worth so much. But now that you just heard this, you really know how much it's worth. So please mail us the balance immediately. With this understanding, we can now uncover a diamond. We say in Tfilas Mariv, Ahavas Oilam Beis Yisrael, 
Amcha Ohafta. The Pashat regular Pshat is as follows. Havas Oilam, with an everlasting love, base Yisrael Amcha, the house of Yisrael, your nation, Ohafta, you loved. In other words, with an everlasting love, you love the house of Yisrael, your nation. That's the simple translation. Ahavas Oilam, with an everlasting love, a love that goes on Oilam forever. But, there's another way to translate the word oilam, and that means world. And now ahavas oilam means loving the world. Using this translation, the phrase now means as follows. And this is brought down from Reb Aaron Hagodol Mikarlin, Aleinu. Afilu kasher beis Yisrael, shekuim beahavas oilam uvetayvus oilam azeh, afilu oz even when Beis Yisrael, the Jewish people, are engrossed in Ahavas Oilam, the pursuit of worldly desires, still Amcha Ahavta, they are still Hashem's beloved chosen nation. Although this sounds so good, with our limited human understanding, we may often find ourselves questioning this concept. After all, how patient can Hashem be? I mean, I mess up Time after time, isn't he sick of me already? Doesn't he just wish that I would stop trying to get close to him, only to once again be a major disappointment? How many times can he agree to work with me? Especially since I always make deals and promises and promises and promises, and yet I continuously don't keep my end of the deal. The answer is very clear. The Torah says, And God shall give you, Mital Hashemayim, from the dew of the heavens, Umishmane Haaretz, and from the fat of the land, Viraiv Dagon Vesirosh, and much grain and wine. And the Medrash says, Rib Acha Omar, Viyitin Lacha Hoelikim. What will Hashem give you? Viyitin Lacha, what will God give you? Viyitin Lacha Elakusa, Hashem will give you Elakusa Elakim. Godliness, the gift that Hashem gives you, the greatest gift in the world that Hashem will give you, is the gift of godliness. And when will Hashem give this to you? When you need it. I mean, when else are you going to give someone a gift, right? But when are you going to need it? After you lose it. And furthermore, the Medrash says, it should really say, Yitain lecha ho'elikim. Hashem will give you. Why does it say, V'yitain lecha? And, what's the vav? And Hashem will give you? Zak the Medrash, famous Medrash, V'yitain lecha, Yitain v'yachzer, V'yitain lecha. The and tells us that no matter how many times you may lose the incredible gift of being close to Hashem, that Hashem bestows upon you, you should know up front, Hashem will continuously give it back to you over and over again. So let's review. Number one, The first lesson that Reb Acha teaches us in the Medrash is, Hashem will give you something. What will He give you? Which means which means the opportunity to be holy and to connect to Hashem's holiness. That's the first lesson. But number two, that it says, And Hashem will give you Elakusa. And Hashem will give you holiness. Why does it say Vav and? To teach you that He will give this to you over and over again. No matter how many times God gives you holiness, and then you lose it, and you mess up, Hashem is going to give you that opportunity to connect to Him again and again. That's the message of the Medrash. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Unlimited Funding 
There was once a very wealthy man, and he had a very interesting tradition. As each of his children turned 20 years old, he would call in the child and he would say, My dear child, it is time for you to go out and learn how to make money on your own. Your future success is up to you. However, I will give you the chance to make it big. My child, I just deposited one million dollars into your bank account. What you make of yourself depends on what you accomplish with this gift. Good luck. Each child knew that he had a tremendous opportunity to become super successful. But he also was scared because he knew that this amazing opportunity would never ever come again. If he would lose this money, he'd be broke for the rest of his life. Boy, the pressure was almost too much to bear. It's great having a million dollars in your bank account, but it's crazy when you think about that this is just a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and if you lose it, you're poor for the rest of your life. But imagine, however, if this father would call in the child and he would say, My dear child, do not worry. I'm giving you this million dollars so that way you can make it on your own. But don't worry. If you lose this money, I will not sit idly by and watch you become homeless. I am prepared to give you another million and another million as many times as you will need it. And even if you will lose this money, you will always have another chance to try again. Then the son would not just have the million dollars to invest, but he would have the confidence knowing that he has the full support of his father's entire empire behind him. And therefore, he has a greater chance of making it big. He has a greater chance not to be impaired by the fear that, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose this money and I'm dead for the rest of my life. I'll be poor. He can make wise decisions. He could take some risks and he can expand the empire far beyond what he could have done if he wouldn't have a second chance. Hashem understood that you may lose the divine inspiration and closeness He so graciously bestowed upon you. And when that happens, you may think that you lost the opportunity to ever connect to Him again. And that is why He told you up front, Don't worry, I am prepared to give it to you again and again. And again, 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 and again. This clearly shows us how Hashem views us when we sin. Why should we be more negative than the one who created us? Let's bring an example to prove the point. Guilty conscience. Josh was arrested for speeding. The presiding judge looked at Josh's driving record, consisting of several other infractions. However, the judge also looked at the ways Josh benefited society. When it came time to pass judgment, the judge let Josh off with just a warning. Josh raised his hand in disbelief and he objected, Your Honor, how can you just overlook all my infractions? I mean, come on, don't they show that I'm a really bad person? Hashem clearly says that he isn't interested on focusing just on your bad actions and that he does not define you by them. So why should you? We must know and believe that we are never unwanted by Hashem, regardless of the sins that we may have done. The Nesiva Shalom ends off, V'hu soid ha'emuna shel ish Yehudi ki tamid yesh derech el baruch hu. This is a fundamental principle of faith that every Jew needs to have, that there is always a way back to Hashem. 
authentic Yiddishkeit believes that no matter what you did in the past and no matter what situation you are currently in, Hashem is always waiting for you with open arms and there is always a path leading you right back to Hashem. Always. Don't believe me? Let's bring an example to prove the point. Absurd bailout. In September 2008, the Wall Street Journal had an article that stated as follows. The U.S. government seized control of AIG, American International Group, in a deal that revealed its concerns of the danger a collapse could pose to the financial system. The federal government had been strongly resisting AIG's requests for an emergency loan or other intervention to prevent the insurer from bankruptcy. Not long before, the government had allowed Lehman Brothers to go under. But this time the government decided AIG truly was too big to fail. And the Associated Press brings down an article in September 2009. AIG continues to burn through the first $85 billion lifeline given to them by the government, and yet they continue to hemorrhage cash. And guess what? The government still ended up helping them out three more times. You know why? Because the government decided that AIG truly was too big to fail. Hashem specifically told us, I know you will sin, and I want you to know straight up front, Yitain v'yachser v'yitain. I am prepared to keep on investing in you and to continuously repair our connection that you disconnect and mess up with your sins over and over again. Why? Because in Hashem's opinion, you are truly too big to fail.